In a world full of stereotypes about what women should be, I help break down these barriers, helping women become comfortable with themselves, find inner strength and knowing that even the most confident of women has an inner dialogue that needs to be quietened down sometimes. This is the Real Women series and I am your host Michelle Ashby, life coach, personal trainer and co-founder of Well To Do Search. I speak with women from all walks of life about their journey their challenges and what helps them to show up just as they are. Hello, testing, testing. Hello. Hey. Hi, gorgeous. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Yeah. Loving the t-shirt. Thanks. This is my little jazzy number. Loving the outfit. Basically, if I'm feeling a bit flat and I've had a bit of a kind of up and down week this week in terms of emotions and feelings and all that kind of stuff, I put a really vibrant, bright outfit on and it just lifts my mood. So, there you go. Have you been all right or are you just going through? Oh, do you know what? I've been on a bit of a journey, um, you know, in terms of stopping drinking, getting real with my feelings and what I'd obviously drowned out. Um, are you recording this for like the chat right now or are we going to start no, something no, in no, a bit? This is yeah, we're going to start in a bit. Don't worry. This, okay, this will get well, no, chopped off. All I was going to say to you is that I, I feel like I'm in a different zone than I've been in with a lot of other people that I've done lots of these kind of podcasts with lately, which is actually kind of a good thing because it might actually show a different side and story-ish than some of the other stuff that's gone out kind of thing if that makes oh, okay. sense yeah. which wouldn't be a bad thing um like I've been um I've been battling for at least the last year with uh this overwhelm and um and the fact that I used to self-medicate a lot through drinking mm. and I think that that's quite a big thing that a lot of women don't realize that they're doing and um I a year ago my husband had a really bad accident and I ended up having to care for, the, for him for a while and it made me realize that I'm a really caring person but carer I am not and oh, okay this is why I don't have kids you know and I choose not to have kids because I can just about look after myself and just because you're somebody who can turn up looking you know what I mean? Doesn't mean yeah, that yeah. you're someone who is good at sorting the house out, doing all the bits and bobs, all that kind of stuff becomes very overwhelming for me because I've, I've identified as somebody who's got ADHD for a long time. And um, a lot of stuff came up for me um, last year when care, whilst caring for him, um, which brought me back to this, I need a diagnosis. I need to get medication. I need more help around this kind of thing. Um, and, and that's why, you know, when you've been messaging me and you're like, let's, let's have a chat. I have these like bursts of high kind of thing. And then I have these lows where I have to kind of just recharge again yeah. kind of thing. And it's really hard to manage. And I'm yeah. managing my own business as well as trying to make Sober Joe a, a thing now and actually do something with it which is great um and i do feel like this is going to be another part of that 
So it, it's yeah. part of the journey. It's part of this real self-discovery that I'm having as part of not drinking. And I do believe that there's a lot of people who, especially because women are often undiagnosed with ADHD. I think there's a lot of women who are in that kind of energy who use drink to... Yeah. So I think there's a lot around that that will end up being almost like my niche within my niche, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and you're doing your coaching as well, aren't you? Yeah. Which, from experience, honestly, doing that coaching was probably one of the most transformative years of my life in, yeah. in that you embark on it to become a coach, right? But mm -hmm. as part of that, unbeknown to most people that go on the course, it requires a lot of introspection and that in itself I think for me going through that was just an experience that I never really anticipated that it would be and almost I guess just really relearning some things or actually suddenly going wow okay I didn't really realize that about myself and actually mm. who am I in the world like how do I now show up and I think also addressing some of those things that if you want to be a great coach in whatever your niche is, it, it hits you right in the face that it's, it's now staring at you. Cause you know, Lydia often says it don't. And, and so many people say, you know, often you teach what you most have needed to learn yourself. And quite often when you go into the coaching journey, you're kind of like, yeah, I think that's what I want to coach. And then you're kind of like, Oh, I've still got so much to learn on that actual topic myself, not even just learning to be a coach, but on whatever it is that you go on to do and so I think it's just that in itself as lot as well as everything else you're going through yeah it's just compounding everything to then be like woof yeah. what is going on here so yeah but no it's, it's all good I'm all, I am all good and I've got my I've got my Friday drink oh what is that for our chat grapefruit non-alcoholic Oh, nice. Very nice. nice. And I is that a posh glass or have you put red things in it? It's a posh glass. It's a posh glass. Darling, you need to have it in the perfect serve, darling. Well, you do. I've just actually got <laughs> tea. I never drink tea. I was like, oh, tea. Oh, why so, not? I why? love your t-shirt. Oh, thanks. That's what uh, I need right now. Bit of balance. A bit of balance. <laughs> yeah, but does it really exist is the big question. That is the thing, I don't know if, if it does because everyone's got their own version of it, right? True. So, anyway, let's do the thing. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it, let's do it. So, um, do you I'll show do like a recording or is it, is it like showing us, um, do you post out the recording of us chatting as well as the audio or how do you do both. it? Tell me about it. Both, both, cool. both. Okay, so cool. So it'll go out on IGTV as you and me, as you can see us now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then just the audio will go out as a podcast on Spotify and all the normal channels. Cool. Um, so what I'll do is I'll do a really brief welcome, but then I'll hand over to you in terms of doing your own introduction because the reason that I don't do an introduction myself is because I do want it to be really authentic. So I want it to come from you as opposed to the staged ones that you sometimes hear of Joe is a da -da 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 -da, and she found yeah, herself yeah, yeah, doing yeah. this. Um, and then I'll ask you just to tell me a bit about you. And again, that's entirely up to you where you want that to go. But I think the okay. main thing that I want to get out of this for the yeah. audience is yeah. it's all about being real which yeah. in itself, you telling your story is being real. Of course. Um, but it's all about how you show up authentically. And I think that's actually super important in terms of you not drinking because you're forced to be yourself yeah. without any smoke and mirrors. So I think that's what I'm really interested to hear about. And maybe your experiences of actually at first having to show up being sober. Yeah. And, and maybe some of those challenges. And maybe we'll talk about just prompt me along the way in terms yeah, of that and, I, and it, I will, I'll just open up about any of that because I really struggled at the beginning. So more than happy to share that. Yeah. Um, and I think what would be really helpful, I think, you know, because the purpose of this is, is to obviously support my business, but ultimately if it drives people to you and how you can help them. So towards the end, I might ask you, you know, if somebody's, um, I guess, sober curious, 
and, mm-hmm. and they're thinking of going uh, sober you know what advice would you give them what would their first steps look like any advice all yeah. of that kind of stuff in terms cool. of times I'll keep it to about 35 minutes the reason being that IGTV will not take any more than about 37 38 minutes um and then it times out so all right then let's get let's do it so i'm just going to put a timer on just so that um not one that beeps just in case ready i'm ready ready okay so (laughs) welcome joe it's so lovely to have you here as part of the real women series i am honored to have you here and i know we're here to talk about your journey with sobriety so i'd love for you to share a bit more about yourself and tell the audience a little bit more so thank you so much for having me here to talk to you and your audience it's a pleasure and my name's joe otherwise known to some as sober joe And I decided two and a half years ago to stop drinking, to do a year long challenge where I raised money for charity. And that's what got me through the year, in all honesty. Without that, there's not a chance in hell I would have lasted longer than two weeks, for sure. So as soon as I'd made that decision, I told everybody who would listen, I set up a blog, I set up the Just Giving page. I chose a charity that's really close to my heart. And I started getting people to sponsor me. And I mean, the sponsorships came in thick and fast. 500 pound sponsorships from people because they were like, there's absolutely no way you'll be able to do it. And as soon as the money started coming coming in, I was like, I have to do this now. Oh my God. Okay, this is really real. Um, and I wouldn't have been able to do it, like I said, if I hadn't have already had that as my incentive. As somebody who is probably a self-saboteur and has done that a lot in the past, um, it definitely gave me someone else to do this for. And by having that, it motivated me. It kept me on track. And as it came, kept coming in, it just made me kind of, it gave me the little highs that I actually needed as somebody who obviously enjoys having that kind of, that gratification, that kind of instant gratification, which maybe a drink gave me in the past. It gave me that kind of, okay, yeah, more money's come in. Okay, let's keep going. So, and then it changed my life as a result, which is amazing. Amazing. So let's rewind a little bit. What made you want to stop drinking what what led you to that decision and then to go on to do it for charity so I was known for being a party animal I was always the last woman standing I wore it like a kind of a badge of honor or a crown on my head kind of thing and I I worked for a brewery for four years and I loved it I absolutely loved it it was part of my identity I could drink all of the guys under the table And I was proud of that fact. And at that time, now I look back, I was that kind of that booze bully who would have been like, why are you not having a drink? Like, what's the point in you even being here? I was that bad. Because in my mind, that, you know, you weren't joining in if you weren't doing that kind of thing. And for me, I was using drink to be able to be myself because I am this big, larger than life character and I am silly and I am fun. And, you know, but for me, having the drink meant that I could be that person. I could put this kind of clown mask on and hide behind that. And people wouldn't judge me for being that person. Do you, do you know what I mean? I could just be it. And, and yeah. obviously I always ended up going past the good me to like somebody who actually I wouldn't have recognized and who wasn't, I, I wasn't even in the room, you know, the next day I'd blacked out. I had no idea what I'd done that evening, where I'd been, who I'd been with. And that's really, 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 really scary. And that for me happened more and more often. So the fun times, cause I had some fun with being drunk. I'm not pretending that none of it was fun, but it became less and less and less fun as time went by and more and more kind of what, what am I doing, you know? And it was this habitual loop and I was drinking every day 
I wasn't getting up in the morning and having it on my cocoa pops, but I was having it every night. Like I was coming in from work and before I'd said hi to my husband, patted the dogs, I had a huge, I mean like this, but this is obviously alcohol free nowadays. This is my, my drink of choice for this evening, everybody. Um, you know, a glass like this just filled with wine and it wouldn't be just the one glass. It would then be the next glass and then the bottle. And um, that was like, for me, the symbol of the day's ended. It's now the evening, whether I was celebrating, commiserating, any excuse really, to be honest. Um, I just wasn't really liking who I was. And I just thought, do you know what the person that I am professionally, you know, as the MD of a company at this time, um, as a wife, um, as uh, you know, a daughter, a sister, all those things, and who I was when I was drunk and stuff, like it just all wasn't aligning. And I knew that I had to make a, a change, really. So was there a pivotal moment that you just went, right, that's it? Or did it, was it more progressive and it just came over time? I mean, it de definitely did come over time because I was bored of sending all the messages to people where I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, the ones that have just loads of letters and it's like, Bleh, kind of thing. <laughs> and like, people be like, oh God, done it again. And I would then say, I'm never drinking again. Yeah. They would then say, I've heard that before, like whatever. And I was bored. I was literally bored of my own bullshit of saying the yeah. same thing over and over again. And my pivotal moment, I had uh, works drinks. It was client's drinks. And, you know, it was a wine tasting. And I decided that I'd take a couple of the girls from my office for wines before the wine tasting. Because that's normal, right? Yeah. You know, loosen us all up. And uh, got to the wine tasting. And... At the time, I thought, you know, this is great fun. I've been to this same event, by the way, since. And I'm not saying anything bad about my lovely client, but it definitely wasn't the same event as what I thought it was the year before. Um, that's for sure. But, I mean, I literally was like wine mind sweeping, which isn't cool either. I know that I was having fun on the night, but I do not remember leaving that event the next morning, I woke up, like, butt naked, like, uh, it was a Friday morning as well, because the event had been on a Thursday. It was like a Christmas drinks. And I was like, oh, my dear God. I felt absolutely hideous, like, proper all over body, like, just skin crawling kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I realized that my hubby wasn't next to me, and I thought... Uh -uh. that's the first clue for me that things have gone wrong that yeah. something's been bad I've been a liability in some shape or form um so I kind of crawled down the corridor looked in the spare room and hubby is in the bed and he just looked at me like don't even talk to me and I was like oh no then I had a bath tried to kind of like sort myself out because I had to go to work and be MD boss yeah. woman got to work Bought everybody bacon sandwiches because, you know, it was hilarious that I couldn't remember how to get, how I got home that night, which again is terrible as well. Now that I reflect back on that and look at that, I'm like, that's really great, Joe. Well done for being, you know, a shining light to your team. And I, I then was trying to piece my night together through the receipts that were in my bag. Yeah. Realized that I'd gone on to another bar. Because obviously after the pre-drinks, the wine tasting, I then needed after drinks, obviously. Um, I got the bus home and didn't remember getting the bus home. And um, so at the end of the day, I got home and my next door neighbor was knocking on my car window. So I rolled down the windscreen and he was like, oh my God, you were hilarious last night. And I was like, excuse me? I had absolutely no recollection of seeing him whatsoever. And I was like, um, what do you mean? And he said, oh, you were knocking on our door at quarter to 12 or something, like it was late. 
and you were telling us how you're going to take the dogs for a walk. I mean, what? And you were just having a general chit chat with us. And he was like, it was so funny. And I was absolutely mortified. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's so dangerous. And I just realized that this kind of behavior was happening more and more. And at some point I was going to knock on the wrong person's door maybe. Mm -hmm. And I was very lucky that I've got a good relationship with all of my neighbors, even though once I didn't, cause I puked all over the driveway that didn't go down too well actually with my neighbors. Cause I'm in shared, shared apartment blocks. Um, and I think at that moment I was like, this has got to change now. So I spent that whole weekend feeling, first of all, very sorry for myself and nursing a hideous hangover, having really bad anxiety. Yeah. Like, oh God, what have I done? Who did I see on that night that hasn't told me about the fact that they've seen me? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I became increasingly sober curious. So I started looking up kind of other people who weren't drinking, started looking at blogs, started looking at podcasts, started looking at um, sober celebrities. I found a link that had like loads of sober celebrities on it. And the more and more and more that I looked at all these people, I was like, these people are really sexy. Like, and these are the people that I would have thought would be like hanging off the chandeliers and, you know, drinking champagne and being naughty kind of thing. Yeah. And they're not. And maybe that's because there's some of them identify with having a, a problem, like an addictive personality. And therefore they, they, they've stopped that from being a problem. And some of them just have never drank and are not interested in it. And, you know, their career is more important and therefore they just don't want to, you know, go there, which is great. But one thing that they all had in common is that they all looked really healthy and well and successful. Um, and what else did I do? I looked up, oh yeah, One Year No Beer ads stalked me around the internet. Every single page I went on, it was like, One Year No Beer, One Year No Beer. And I was like, <laughs> I think this is a sign. I'd obviously like looked at their page once or something and then it like stalked me everywhere that I yeah, went. Yeah. I mean, the power of marketing, right? But I was like, oh my God, this is a sign. I need to do this. And then I looked at it and I was like, right. They had a special offer on, how convenient as well. And I was like, right, I'm going to sign up to the one year no beer. I'm going to do a year. The fact that I paid some money felt like I was making a commitment okay. to doing it, I guess. And then I basically went into my office um, on the Monday and I was like, right guys, I'm gonna give up alcohol for a whole year and I'm gonna set up a charity page and I'm gonna raise loads of money for charity and I'm gonna write a blog. And they were all like, can you just stop talking about it and just do something about it? Like, so I was like, blah, 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 all day, like, we're gonna do this thing. And like, gonna do it and they were like yeah we'll just do it then and I was like okay sorry and then I told everybody that I was gonna do it and like I said the money was just coming in thick and fast and once I had that money in I was like this is actually real and I actually have to do this now yeah that's incredible and you know thanks for sharing your story and I guess being so honest because I think there can be a lot of shame around past behaviors, past experiences, not just yours, but for mm. anybody. And I'm sure there's probably people that will be listening that will be nodding at the screen or nodding, you know, at the headphones going, Oh God, yeah, I can resonate with that. That's yeah. me. Um, we've all been there in some shape or form, but I'm really interested to know, obviously that journey must have been very challenging at times. I can imagine like, a lot of things when we start something, we start with great gusto um, and it's all going to be great. And then you kind of maybe hit a roadblock. So can you share with us any kind of challenges, roadblocks that, that you hit and how you overcame them? So I hit one straight away. Okay. So literally um, at the beginning of the year, I had the worst virus 
ever. It was like I'd made this commitment and I swear like my vibration or something changed as a result and I got sick. And for that first month, I just felt absolutely hideous. Might have been detoxing, the fact that I wasn't drinking this thing every single day. I don't know, but I was really, really not well. I couldn't even let a coffee pass my lips. That's oh, wow. how I felt. So actually, that really helped me because I wasn't thinking about drinking in any shape or form. And then it got to month two. And because I'd been so sick in the first month, I was like, well, I need to actually get out there. Like I've told everybody I'm doing this thing. And then I've been like locked up in my house kind of rotting for the last month and had nothing to like talk about from a blog point of view, which was my whole point of like trying to get money in as well. <laughs> so I was like, giving up alcohol makes you really ill. Oh, um, not quite the message that I thought I'd be sharing, but that was my message at, the, at that point. Yeah. Um, and then I went out and I went out to like a club night that my husband was DJing at. And I spent the whole night just telling everybody like over and over again because people were drunk and kept asking me the questions over and over again, the same question, repeating themselves. And what was really interesting for me was seeing my own behavior in the past reflected back at me. Because in the past, I never would have seen that because I would have been doing the same thing and I would have had my beer goggles on. I would have been blind to it kind of thing. And seeing that, not that I was judging the people, but it was just a massive eye-opener for me. And um, so I spent a lot of that evening just talking about the fact that I was doing this challenge, the fact that I'd been sick for the last month kind of thing. And, um, and I didn't enjoy it. Didn't enjoy the night at all. Found the whole thing painful, in all honesty. Mm. I was like, oh my God, am I boring now? Like I got all dressed up and everything and... You know, people were saying to me, oh, you look really great. Like, and I was like, oh, well, I, you know, I don't feel great right now kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I was like trying to like be like, yeah, I'm all good. But really, I just felt quite crap. And like, I'd like lost myself a bit. Like yeah. I felt lost. I felt like I was saying goodbye to old Joe. And that new Joe was like in this really uncomfortable kind of, you know, like the caterpillar kind of stage, yeah, yeah. like kind of growing and going, oh, this is not very comfortable and nice yet kind of thing. And then um, I, I remember actually going to like a works thing and I was there with um, one of the girls that worked with me. And because I am a very open and honest person, I just said to her, um, you know, I feel really, really uncomfortable. And I know this is a really weird thing for me to say to you because you've never really seen me like this before, you know? But if I find myself in a situation where I feel really uncomfortable, do you mind just breaking out with me for a moment and having a little moment with me? And she was so supportive. And this is a junior person in my office, by the way, that I had to be very vulnerable with. And, um, and she really respected what I was doing. And I had all these moments where I was talking to somebody and they had their beer in their hand. And at this point I hadn't organized, oh, oh my God, I'm in a place where everybody else is drinking and I haven't bought an alcohol free option with me. Whereas now I know to kind of check and to bring stuff with me and be prepared. But at that point I was a bit like, oh, I don't really have anything to drink and they're all drinking beer and... I literally, people would come next to me and I'd feel like hit by their, I don't know, their presence. Like it was like they were way too close to me. Whereas before in the past, I would have been the person up in your grid. Yeah, I would have been yeah. that person who was way too close. And, and like, I was a bit like, oh my God. And I felt like I was going to pass out. That's how overwhelming the energy was for me. And I think yes. I'm a really, really sensitive person. And I think in the past, like I now know that I can't do small talk. I just can't do it. If you're not going to have a deep meaningful with me, then I can't like, you know, whereas in the past, I think I, I drank a lot to tolerate that in people and being in those environments and stuff. And I just felt it, it was really uncomfortable. Not a nice feeling at all. 
And this is where, if I wasn't doing the charity challenge, during these moments, I would have just given up. Yeah. Because what's the point? This is too hard. I'm not and feeling any benefits. <laughs> it's so interesting though, because you, you've obviously created this whole new awareness about yourself in those moments that actually in the past you may not have even realized that you don't like small talk because you just drank and then you became more confident and then you just got on and did it. And I'm sure there's so many people that share that feeling. Um, I for one know that, you know, I used to do big client events and, you know, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with the people that are at the client events. I'm sure they're all really lovely people. But for me, I would always find it incredibly awkward because by the time mm. you've done the how's business or you know what I mean, <laughs> then you're a bit like, oh, excuse me, I'm just going to go to the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying yeah. about that. How's the weather been? Oh, the weather's <laughs> been rubbish, hasn't it, recently? It's all of that crap talk that like, I just, I, I just find it excruciating. But you've obviously really identified something about yourself that actually you like the more purposeful conversations, the more deep yeah. and meaningful. Not that the fact that I'm sure every person you meet, you want to have a chat about what's the meaning of life. Yeah. But it's, we well, might I don't do, know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I do. But it, it is that element that you think, I just need something with a bit more. Yeah. Um, and it's, Substance. Yeah, and, and spending time with people that genuinely you can build a connection with. Yeah. Um, so you also make an interesting point that I just want to come back to to talk about a bit more is you use the word vulnerable mm -hmm. and you have to be really honest with perhaps somebody that you wouldn't normally because, you know, you were more senior than her. But actually you said she really respected you for that because she probably saw a different side to you that actually you were a real person, not just the managing director of the business. I'm sure you've had many more experiences like that along the way, mm. but how, how has that made you grow as a person or what, what new awareness have you got from doing that? Because so many people wear a mask and don't want to show that side of themselves to people. I think that I've always been somebody who's been able to be vulnerable. So I don't think that that was a new thing, but it's more around that, the, the fact that I felt different in that situation. Like I, I wasn't who I had been before, I guess. So yeah. I was like, oh God, this is really new to me. And this is weird. And like, you've seen me in other situations and I'm not like this. And oh my God, this is a change and a shift kind of thing and dynamic. And um, and I guess it's around, I mean, drink is something and having a, a problem with drink as well is something that people aren't always happy to share because will they get judged for that? You know, will people then think that that person wasn't capable of doing other things or whatever, you know, there's a, a big stigma around kind of the whole drinking and it being a problem, I think. And so for me, it was very important that I shared that I did have a problem and I was on this kind of, you know, I actually am, you know, happy to say that I was an alcoholic as much as I wasn't getting up in the morning and having it. I was somebody who relied on it. I needed it to function every day, really, you know, and I was a functioning alcoholic and um i think a lot of people use the term gray area drinker now right, which okay. i would say that that's that's what i identify with you know so i didn't need to go to aa because i wasn't at that side of you know i think that there's you know a scale kind of thing um but i i do identify with i had a problem and i needed to stop and i think if you stop anything in your life changes then you probably had a, pro a problem with it, you know, at the end of the day. Like, for some, I'm not saying that everybody has to stop drinking in any shape or form. If I could just have the one as part of an experience, I would. But if that person stopped having one, their life wouldn't change. Mm. That's the difference, I think. So, um, yeah, I mean, I came up across lots of challenges at the beginning. Um, you know, three months in, I went to a Hindu in Croatia. And how is that? I mean, from the start, like at the airport, 
all the way through, yeah. it was really hard. Because at three months in, I was shiny, I was bright, I was starting to break out of that like caterpillar. Yes. From a kind of like people making lots of comments like, you look really great, your eyes are sparkly. Oh my goodness, like they're so clear. You look really, 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 really good. You know, like I was never somebody who carried a lot of weight on me. I think because of my kind of personality and energy and stuff, I'm like one of those people, you know, but like little things like, like the, where, where I did used to store like my beer, I guess. I had like, or wine, like it was like love handly bits, you know, like just dropped away. And my intention wasn't to lose weight, but it just kind of happened as a result because I'm not downing a, bottle of wine every night I mean those are calories right that have to go somewhere as much as I wasn't counting them and it was that wasn't an issue for me it was interesting to see that change and people kind of comment on that but um there was a lot of kind of shaming around that from a friend's perspective for me actually which I struggled with so people saying to me are you eating properly you know stuff like that and I was like yeah like I've got a really healthy appetite and like I'd be at a dinner with a group of people and somebody at the table a good friend you know like would say and they they're not doing it in a way to hurt they're just reflecting their own stuff you know and I can see that and I can understand that but it was hurtful at the time you know but they would say you know are you, are you eating probably I'm the person who's eating my dinner by the way and they're pushing it around because they're drinking a drinks you know and you're like have you looked at your plate and looked at at my plate right now and it's just because they are uncomfortable with the fact that you are going at a different vibration that, that, than they are you're changing as a person you're kind of moving in different ways and so that that was quite a hard challenge to get over as well but yeah being um on holiday with a group of my kind of more ladette friends from uni was hard I had moments of real what am I doing yeah. you know like I had to leave like when they went to like bars where I was like this is disgusting <laughs> then why are we in here like nothing about this makes me feel good like the music's rubbish like I'm sticking to the floor they're offering free drinks because it's that bad like, can't we just spend a little bit longer just trying to find somewhere that's got something about it kind of thing? But when people are drunk... It doesn't matter. Care. It's how quick can we get another drink? I've done oh, a it's free. Okay. Yeah, I've done a hen weekend away um, when I was about six months pregnant. And oh so, again, start to finish, you're kind of like, they're drinking at the airport on the plane. You know, you get up at sort of seven, eight o'clock, fresh as a daisy. They're probably just rolling in or have only yes. come in two hours. There was All a lot of that. that. <laughs> yeah. And it's just a whole different way of life, isn't it? But um, you talked off air, actually, and, and you just briefly touched on it there, that, you know, there's all these different things that you learn about yourself by being sober, that you recognise that you perhaps don't like certain situations or you, you realise you've got certain characteristics, etc. And you talked a bit about overwhelm off air. Mm. And so I want to delve a little bit deeper in terms of what you've discovered more recently about yourself. And you mentioned that you were going on a bit of a journey now. So can you share mm. a bit more about that? Yeah, so I've always known that I'm different. I think I mentioned just before that I've always been this kind of larger than life kind of character. And I think the drink was almost used to kind of excuse for that behavior, to be that person without being judged. By yeah. having that mask on, by playing the clown, I was being allowed to be myself without potentially people not liking me for being too much or whatever. Because my energy has always been that way since I was little. And I think that since I've stopped drinking, I've been more aware of my energy. I've been more aware than ever of those kind of those highs and lows because I'm unable to now self-medicate during maybe some of those low periods um, to drown out that feeling of feeling uncomfortable in my own skin, of like literally aching 
So recently I've had a, like a, a bit of a, I don't know what I'd call it, a bout of feeling this way kind of thing. And I have all body aches, you know, this is two and a half years into being sober. So being sober doesn't just magically turn you into some kind of superhuman. It does definitely help. I'm more that way than not nowadays. I definitely used to feel um, this way and then add a hangover onto, on top of it, you know, yeah. more and more in the past. Um, you know, I've been on antidepressants and all that kind of stuff in the past and then add the alcohol onto that on top as well, you know? Um, and I think that I've, I, like I said, I've been kind of more aware of this energy and how I spend it. Um, and my husband had an accident last year and as a result of that, so he was kite surfing and he landed on a beach and he smashed his heel in 20 pieces. And so he was unable to get out of the bed for a long time. We actually had to come over to the UK during lockdown. So they had like emergency flights come from Jersey where I live in the Channel Islands over to the UK. It was a bizarre time. And I was starting my own business up. There was lots going on during this Mm -hmm. time as there was for lots of people, you know, um, But what I identified in myself was that I'm a very caring person, but carer, I am not. And I knew that about myself. I mean, that's why I've chosen not to have children. That's a choice for me because I absolutely love them. I'm a huge kid myself, Um, (laughs) you know, and especially since stopping drinking, actually, I've reconnected with that inner child because when we're younger, we go around to friends' houses and we talk all night. We don't need a drink. We're buzzing mm-hmm. off each other's energy. We go on the dance floor and have fun and we sing and we do lots of stuff that just makes us feel joyous. We don't have a drink in us then. So when do we decide that we need that, you know? So um, I realized that I'm a massive kid and therefore, um, you know, adding... Um, that into the mix isn't going to um isn't going to help so so with that i i sorry i got hugely distracted then because there was like a coughing going on in the background oh sorry i had a little frog in my throat sorry oh my gosh i'm so sorry i could hear it and like so this is an example okay so i'm just going to show you an example that's how distracted I get by really tiny little things. So speaking of energy and stuff, what I've identified in myself, back then with my husband, I actually got in touch with the doctor because I, um, I realized that I was hugely overwhelmed and I needed some support. Um, because I mean, small things like tasks around my house were just building up because my husband is like a fairy apparently and does all of these chores. And I don't even realize, you know, and now I was more aware of the fact that there's not this fairy that goes around tidying up, like that's something that he actually does. And um, so little things really started to overwhelm me that hadn't before in the past. Um, So I went to go and see a doctor, they, um, for a diagnosis of ADHD. And uh, they then referred me to a psychiatrist And it took so long for that person to get in touch with me that by the time they got in touch with me, I was completely disengaged again. So instead of being obsessed by it, which is what I was when I'd got in touch with them, I was like completely disengaged. The person that spoke to me didn't speak to me in a language that I was connecting with. And therefore I was like, well, I've dealt with this all my life. I'm just going to carry on dealing with it and I'm not going to bother getting the diagnosis. I'm just going to leave it kind of thing. So since then, I've had these moments of, I need to do this, I need to get this sorted, but it's kind of, it's, it's reared itself up again lately. And I, I am going to look for a different person to speak to, because I obviously didn't connect with that person. And I am going to look to get that diagnosis and to look for some help, whether that's therapeutic or whether that's medicinal, um, but just to help me to manage um, how I feel, because there are lots of, I, I don't see it all as bad in any shape or form. For me, um, the beauty of 
being worried in this way is that, I mean, I can like prepare for a meeting within two seconds before I go into the meeting. If it's like a throw ideas around kind of thing, you know, because my brain works really quickly, but small, simple tasks, I can really, 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 really struggle with, you know? So I feel like I have to put so much more work into stuff that other people find very easy, but then stuff that other people find hard, I can sometimes find quite easy. Yeah. But there's more of the hard stuff in, in normal real life <laughs> than the stuff that I'm good at. Yeah. So, unfortunately. Yeah. So I, try, I try and put myself in situations where I get to do the stuff that I'm good at more and more often, you know. Yeah. So, that, again, that's an awareness. That's a realisation like, oh, that stuff makes me, like, lights me up and makes me feel really good when I do it. It gives me that high that yeah. obviously I think I'm missing, that dopamine kind of hit is really important to me and that's where I think the drink was something that was I was like using that as a um almost like a medicine to try and kind of deal with how I was feeling so so do you obviously with the with the diagnosis that you're trying to get now do you think you were aware of that in any shape or form when you were drinking or do you feel that the drinking sort of masked that and was medicinal to that and now it's almost still there, but there's no drink to hide it that you're kind of like, what is this? I think I've always known I was different. I've always right. known that I didn't quite fit in with mm-hmm. normal society kind of thing. Um, and I think that luckily I've kind of made my own processes and ways to kind of get through it because I didn't get that diagnosis actually as a child. My parents have now since said that they, they knew that I was ADHD but didn't want me to go through that system kind of thing, because there's a lot of negative stuff that comes with it, you know, unfortunately, like, but I don't see it in that way. I see it like, get it sorted. It's just a different way of being wired. It's fine. Um, But I think I always knew that I was different, but I, I, I tried to celebrate it, but I think um, the drink was enabling me to almost make fun of myself, unfortunately. Gotcha. Okay, that makes perfect sense. And we're coming towards the end of the time now, but there will be people that resonate with with everything that you're saying, whether that be the ADHD, whether that be the drinking, whether that be, you know, confidence that, you know, a lot of people drink to become more confident. If somebody's feeling that maybe they think they might have an issue with drink, what would you say is your advice in terms of a small step that they could take to start to overcome that challenge? Okay, so very quickly, because I know we're coming up to the end of the time, I just want to say that within six months, I felt amazing. I went to a wedding in it, I felt absolutely incredible and I was high on life because I think I've talked a lot about the, the bad side and that kind of beginning as well. So yeah. it gets easier, it gets better. And as time went by, I mean, obviously I got to the end of the year and then chose to carry on because I felt so good. And because I had discovered myself and felt confident in my skin and I liked the new version of myself, you know, and I had that confidence to then go to a party and be a kid and get, be the first person on the dance floor, but probably leave when the party had got a bit rubbish and get in my car (laughs) and come home, you know, like instead of being the last person standing and being proud of that party ended ages ago by the way like go home to bed like now I now know that so I just wanted to very quickly just say that for everybody who's listening um but if somebody feels like they identify with what I'm saying or some of the stuff I'm saying um I obviously have got um some social media pages that might be helpful and a blog which shows from the beginning of my journey up until now so my blog is soberjoe.com and my social media handle is at Real Sober Joe. And um, I also host a Clubhouse room. And for those who don't know what Clubhouse is, it's an audio app. You don't have to come up and speak. You can just stay in the audience and you can just listen. So you don't have to feel pressurized to come up. Just listening can be really helpful to hear lots of other people's stories, not just one or two people's stories. And then you might get to the point where you're like, actually, I want to join in the conversation. So I host that every Tuesday at 10 o'clock. 
for an hour to an hour and a half. And we have people from all over the world who come to it and they use it as a way to hold themselves accountable. And they share the highs, the lows, the in-betweens. We get somebody come in who's a sober sommelier who show, shares all of his fantastic drink suggestions. It's a really, really lovely community. Um, the club is Sober Journey Club. The room is Sober Sessions. And if you go onto my Instagram, there's a link tree link and you can click on join the Sober Journey Club to join in the conversation. Amazing. And can you share with us the three biggest things that you've learned about yourself and how to show up authentically since you stopped drinking? Oh, three. Whoa. You weren't Whoa. expecting that one. Sorry. I, wasn't. I love that. Okay. So number one, be comfortable with who you are. Like be happy in your own energy and your power. Don't give it away to anyone else. It's yours. Own it. Don't feel like you have to suppress it or be someone different or, you know, weird is wonderful. That's all I can say. And your vibe will attract your tribe. I don't know how many of the three that was, but anyway. Um, what else? Anything that doesn't serve you, get rid of it. Like, identify the things that you feel are not making you feel good. For me, alcohol was one of them. There's loads of things that that could be, but that was one of the things that wasn't serving me anymore. I got rid of it. Another thing for me was coffee. I gave up coffee about two and a half months ago and I won't look back. It's all about the matcha and the guava. What else? Third thing, do more of what you love and that brings you joy, that sparks joy because um, then you will be truly authentically yourself. You're not going to have to turn up as anyone else. Amazing. Amazing. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Joe. Honestly, it's been, it's been a real pleasure hearing your story and you are glowing, you know, <laughs> and I think, you know, for anybody that is resonating with what you're saying, they should definitely come over to your page. And I know if they come over to your social media, which we'll put in the show notes and I'll thank tag you. you on the IGTV so people can find it really easy to navigate their way to you and hopefully you can help them. It's been so lovely to meet you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please rate and review us. Perhaps you know someone that would find strength from listening to this episode. I would love for you to share this with them. You can find out more about my services at www.michelleashby.co.uk or via Instagram at Mish Ashbury and also via LinkedIn.